Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. For the next hour, the airwaves belong to you. Sit down, strap in, and let's head to WGR's Fast Track. All right, take a nice big deep breath, buddy. With your host, let's go up there and have a good day, all right, bud? Dave Buchanan. Good morning, race fans. 1102 here on WGR Sports Radio 550, and welcome to another edition of WGR's Fast Track. I'm Dave Buchanan. Thanks for listening, as always, in a wonderful weekend here in western New York. I think the first of the year where there wasn't one short track in the area to have a rain out this weekend, so that was phenomenal, and hopefully the uh, that continues tonight for the tracks running here on Sunday night, but Friday and Saturday were gorgeous around the area. And lots of local racing results to get to later on in today's program. we got a jam-packed show for you. Lots going on locally, nationally, internationally. Lots of racing to talk about. Love to do it with you at 803-0551-888-552-550 as the phone lines are open here for you this morning. We're also on Twitter. You can send your tweets at FastTrack550 and Facebook.com slash WGR FastTrack. But tons going on. We've got NASCAR in Michigan. That race is going to be here on WGR later today. Live coverage courtesy of the Motor Racing Network coming up at 1 o'clock this afternoon with pre-race. Green flag scheduled for 2, and that's moved up uh, from its uh, previously scheduled time of about 2.18, 2.20, as there is, of course, just like Pocono in Michigan, rain always a threat whenever NASCAR comes to this part of the country, the uh, upper Midwest to Northeast. And with a uh, threat of rain in the, Mich- uh, the Irish Hills of Michigan today, they are going to try and get the race started as quickly as possible at 2 o'clock this afternoon. Uh, because there is a threat of weather up there today for uh, today's race, which is the 51st annual Firekeepers Casino 400. So we'll have that right here on WGR. NASCAR Truck Series and IndyCar were in Texas this weekend, and we're going to talk more about that with Matt Weaver from uh, Auto Week and Short Track Scene coming up in about 11 minutes here on the program. Truck Series ran Friday night. Greg Biffle coming out of... I guess you could say retirement, getting his first Truck Series win in since 2001 and his first any kind of major NASCAR start in about two years. Uh, but Greg Biffle picking up the win, driving for his buddy Kyle Busch on Friday night in the Truck Series event and uh, getting the win there Friday night at uh, Texas Motor Speedway over Matt Crafton and Tyler Ankrum. Uh, Stuart Fries and Crashwell going after Biffle for the lead and finished 20th. Uh, and then the IndyCar race last night at Texas. Joseph Newgarden getting the win over Alexander Rossi and Graham Rahal. A, a great race last night at Texas. IndyCar has always put on a good show on the mile-and-a-half tracks. And uh, Newgarden, with a little bit of help of some uh, strategery by the uh, Penske organization and his uh, car chief, uh Tim Sindrick, uh, his engineer, Tim Sindrick, calling a great pit strategy to get him in and out of the pits late in the race, and I uh, handed him back the lead, so Newgarden picking up his second win of the season. Alexander Rossi finishing second for the third time in four races. Uh, Rossi finishing second, of course, Indianapolis 500, uh, finished second in one of the races at Detroit last weekend, and now another second to another Penske driver on top of that. I think all three of those seconds were, <coughs> excuse me. I think all three of those seconds were to a Penske driver, twice to Newgarden and once to Pagano in the 500. So uh, the IndyCar Series just hitting a very busy stretch here with the Indianapolis 500. Uh, of course, last weekend's activities in Detroit and then uh, last night at the Texas Motor Speedway. Along with that, you've got Formula One there in Canada this weekend, the uh, Canadian Grand Prix in Montreal. That is at uh, 2 o'clock this afternoon. That's over on uh, ABC television if you're looking to watch that. that the green lights will come on about 10 after 2, I believe, is the official green flag time there. 
And you've got NHRA in action this weekend, too. Uh, they're in uh, Topeka, Kansas uh, for the Heartland Nationals, and uh, that'll be on FS1 later today. So lots going on with the major national racing, local racing, as I said, uh, busy this weekend. And, uh, you know, we're getting to June now in the summer months, and, and that's when the fun really starts around here because we've got our first uh, big midweek special coming up of the season here in the area. I'm outside of the uh, Canadian Holiday Monday event at Merrittville back last month, but our first uh, Western New York mid- midweek special is this Thursday night over at the Genesee Speedway as they will host the second annual Gladiator race for the Modifieds. $2,000 to win plus a $1,200 to win Grit Sportsman Series race. And Rich Fleck, our buddy from the Genesee Speedway, the voice of the Genesee Speedway, uh, will join us at the bottom of the hour to talk more about that and what's been going on over there in Batavia so far this season. They are, I believe, the only track in the area that has beat Mother Nature. Uh, I take that back. They did have one rain out. I'm, it's right on their website, labeled in red. They've had one rain out this year, but that's still pretty good compared to uh, other facilities this season, especially, say, Ransomville on Friday nights. But besides that, they've gotten all their other shows in. So they've already had a busy show, busy season with uh, five shows in the books already this year. So lots to talk about with Rich Vlack from Genesee Speedway, including their big show coming up this Thursday night. But again, 803-0551. 888-550-2550. Uh, phone lines are open here. But uh, the uh, IndyCar race last night, definitely uh, exciting. I was, again, pulling for Rossi to win and get a, get his second win of the season. A uh, number of times, Rossi challenged Newgarden for the win late in the race. He would try and go to the outside of Newgarden, get about halfway alongside Newgarden, and then just back out of it. And it seemed like the outside line was uh, not as well as it could have been. Uh, Rossi commented on that after the race. I was watching the NBC Sports coverage, and uh, he would get alongside Newgarden, but just the outside line wasn't as good as we've seen at other times there at Texas Motor Speedway. The only guy that really could pass on the outside was Colton Herta, and the rookie was having a great race, and he was possibly going to have a chance for the win. He was trying to move up through the field late when he and Scott Dixon got together. And it looked like one of those incidents where Herta might have been the over-aggressive rookie trying to challenge the former champion and veteran in Dixon as he tried to uh, race underneath Dixon going into, I believe, turn three, and they collided and and took each other out. But uh, apparently uh, under further review, and at least reviewing the comments, as Herta said after the race, that uh, Dixon took the blame and that Dixon kind of came down on Herta. So uh, while it looked like, again, maybe a first blush, like a, an over-aggressive rookie driver in Herta, uh, maybe making an unsafe pass, uh, Dixon apparently owned up uh, for making the contact and coming down on Herta that took them both out of the race uh, last night. Uh, but Herta was one of the few guys that could pass on the outside because they knew uh, Rossi just repeatedly, three, four times, he would get there alongside and just like, nope. Either he decided to back out of it, uh, or you know he had a hit some uh, rough air or something. But you could just see the car almost come to a stop, so to speak, uh, when he would get along to the outside. So we saw a couple of guys come off a of turn two on the outside and bump off the wall. Zach Veach did it, tagged it with the right rear, did a great job of saving the car from creating any further damage, but uh, took him. Um, out of the race, and then James Hinchcliffe did the same thing. Unfortunately for Hinch, he did not have as much a. It was not did not able to save the car after it tagged the wall initially because he came across the backstretch and tagged the inside wall, and that ended a what could have been a great night for Hinch. Uh, James was running inside the top five for most of the race, especially there late, 
until he hit the wall there uh, on uh, coming off a of turn two. So you can see the outside line just uh, didn't have as much grip as it needed maybe for the Indy cars last night at Texas. But Newgarden got the win. Rossi second. Graham Rahal, a good run for him in third. Santino Ferrucci wound up being the best rookie of the race, uh, finishing fourth. Ryan Hunter Ray led a ton of laps but didn't have the right strategy as it played out. Uh, as a new garden again, they they made the uh, they timed out their pit stops a little bit better, and that's what got them to victory lane. But Hunter Ray might have had the car of the race, but strategy wise, just did not play out. Uh, Simon Pagino sixth, Marcus Erickson seventh, Sebastian Bourdais, Will Power, Marco Andretti, uh, rounding out the top ten there uh, at Texas last night. Now after three straight weeks, four races in three weeks, IndyCar finally gets a week off. They're back in action uh, in two weeks at uh, Road America. And then don't forget, they're just a month away from Toronto, the Honda Indy of Toronto uh, up there at Exhibition Place. That's coming up on July 14th. So they're just two races away from uh, heading up towards uh, our part of the world here in a month for the Honda Indy Toronto. But uh, coming out of this four-race stretch, Joseph Newgarden, thanks to two wins during these four races going back to Indianapolis 500, is your points leader. But Rossi is within shouting distance, 25 points back. Uh, of Newgarden for the championship lead. Again, his last four races, three seconds and a fifth. Obviously, he'd like some wins in there, especially last night and, um, of course, at the 500. But still, uh, a good stretch here for Rossi and his Andretti Autosport team. And then you've got Pagano uh, in third. He is about uh, 50 points out of, or 48 points out of lead. Dixon is fourth in the standings, but a little more than 100 points back. And then Takuma Sato, who started on the pole last night, thought was going to be a force. He had a terrible pit road incident. He came in too hot, overshot his pit box, hit one of his crew guys, and then wound up in Ryan Hunter Ray's pit box and some wicked replays with NBC Sports with the 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 pit mem- the pit crew member who was okay in the end, but uh, flipped and, and bashed his head. Luckily, he was wearing a helmet on the uh, concrete there on pit road, but that took Sato out of the race, unfortunately, because they lost a lot of time in the pits. He is, though... Um, about 105 out of the, uh, New Garden's lead as they are just past the halfway point of uh, the 2019 uh, IndyCar schedule. But a uh, busy stretch for those IndyCar guys. And we're going to talk more about that with uh, Matt Weaver here in just a couple of moments as uh, he was in Texas this weekend uh, covering all the action. And uh, how about uh, the best rookie in the standings after his fourth place run last night, Santino Ferrucci, with uh, all the talk of the uh, uh, rookie class this year. Uh, he is uh, just through consistency, you know, up to ninth in the point standings. Uh, Rosenquist back in 12th, Erickson's 15th, Colton Herta, of course, uh, you know, did get a win, but has also had some crash. He dropped out of the Indy 500, missed out on the points there, uh, crashed out of the race last night. He is uh, way back at about 16th in the standings despite winning a race earlier this year. But it's uh, Ferrucci, actually, who's the best rookie so far this year in IndyCar. Uh, on to, quickly on to the Cup Series race today at Michigan. Again, we'll have it right here on WGR. Joey Logano on the pole alongside Eric Almarola. Kevin Harvick starting third today. Denny Hamlin in fourth. Clint Boyer, Paul Menard, Kurt Busch, Brad Keselowski, Daniel Suarez, and Ricky Stenhouse, your top 10 starters today uh, at Michigan. Uh, other notable names, we got Ryan Blaney, 13th, Kyle Busch back in 15th. He won last week at Pocono. Martin Truex in 16th, Chase Elliott in 17th, Jimmy Johnson starts in 19th, uh, Kyle Larson back in 22nd, Ryan Priest back in 28th today. Uh, there at Michigan, and again, green flag coming up at 2 o'clock this afternoon. And I was really disappointed with the race last week at Pocono. Uh, thought we'd get something a little different, some drafting or something, and really it was uh, not a whole lot of fun, uh, to be honest. Um, obviously the restarts helped, but once they got going, uh, a couple comments I think from driver radios even saw, uh, there was just kind of a bubble around the cars, and passing anybody uh, seemed to be difficult at best, 
as uh, there wasn't a whole lot of action. And, uh, you know, Kyle Busch did get the win um, last week and, and, you know, didn't have to start up front to do it. But uh, it was telling after the race, uh, you know, they did the uh, the the interview right there on the front stretch when they get out of the car and take the checkered flag. And Kyle uh, had uh, Jamie Little interviewed Kyle and, you know, she asked about having to pass all those cars. And Kyle pointed out that he really only had to pass one under green flag conditions because really it was more just about pit stops and uh, everything kind of cycling through on pit stops as uh, for him to get the win. And I thought it was very telling that Kyle, uh, of course, uh, not shy to uh, hide his feelings about anything, especially about this current aero package in NASCAR, uh, pointing out that uh, it was, you know, he only had to pass one car just because uh, of green pl- green flag pit stops and uh, everything's cycling out the way it did. And, uh, you know, he picked up the win uh, last Sunday there. So, unfortunately, a uh, disappointing race. Doesn't fill me with a lot of hope for today at Michigan. I hope I'm wrong. Uh, I hope, uh, you know, with the... Uh, different type of oval at Michigan today that we will see a little bit closer racing, especially on the longer green flag runs and not kind of see these bubble or uh, see the bubbles around the cars like we did uh, last week at Pocono, where it seemed to make passing difficult at best as uh, again, Kyle Busch uh, really didn't have to pass a whole lot of cars on the track as it was just more uh, through the way of pit strategy and pit stops. But uh, Bush winning last week, Brett Keselowski, Eric Jones, Chase Elliott, another good run for him, Clint Boyer, uh, all in the top five uh, last week at uh, at Pocono Raceway. Um, and uh, Bush uh, maintains his points lead, now has four wins, 55 career Cup Series wins for Kyle Bush. And we're going to talk, uh, if I get a chance uh, later on in the program, a little more about uh, Kyle Busch's career win totals because he's kind of reached an interesting point on the all-time uh, Cup Series win standings. But for now, we're going to go to the Western Hotline and bring in from Auto Week and Short Track Scene, Matt Weaver joins us on the line. Matt, it's Dave Buchanan here in Buffalo. Great to talk to you once again, my friend. Yeah, absolutely, Dave. How's it going? Doing well, and uh, you were uh, deep in the heart of Texas this weekend for the Truck Series and IndyCar Series race, and we were talking about that just before we had you on. And uh, quite the race last night there for the IndyCar Series and some great uh, strategy there by Penske Racing to help their driver, Joseph Newgarden, get the win last night. Yeah, I thought it was a great race from from every perspective. I thought there was great strategy. Uh, I, I thought there was really good action. Um, there, there was a stage of the race where it, it, it seemed kind of stretched out. I mean, I know at one point Ryan Hunter-Ray um, had a five-second lead, mm-hmm. but if you're really paying attention to the race, he only had a huge lead because he screwed up. Um, he was actually behind on strategy, and he needed to make an extra stop. So sometimes, and this is part of a larger conversation in racing, you've got, you've got to look a little bit deeper to understand what's really happening in a race. And I think once you kind of follow all the storylines from last night's race, God, that was, that was, really, that was a great race in my opinion. And then by the end, while once the strategy played out, we still got a close finish there at the end, too, with Rossi challenging Newgarden. But it just seemed like, Matt, that the, the outside line wasn't as strong as maybe some of the drivers hoped. You know, we saw Veach and Hinchcliffe tag the wall on the outside coming off of turn two. And outside of Colton Herta, the outside line wasn't working for a whole lot of drivers last night. Yeah, that's, that's kind of the byproduct of two different things. One, the reconfiguration. Um, has really eliminated an outside line, and also uh, the new pavement. I mean, the track is starting to age a little bit, mm-hmm. but it's still just not, you know, coming in the way that a lot of drivers would like it to. 
Matt, this has been a crazy stretch here for IndyCar. I, I, I know it happens every year, but it's just remarkable. In just the span of a couple of weeks, they race the Indianapolis 500, you know, their biggest race of the year. They go to uh, Detroit and run a couple of street course races, and then a mile and a half, uh, what they call Super Speedway race at Texas last night. Just watch, what a crazy, grueling stretch for the IndyCar season uh, right now with, with, with these four races in the books. <laughs> on one hand, I, I agree, and I'm like, yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. It, it's pretty intense. On the other, uh, you know, both of us have spent enough time around the NASCAR guys to to realize they they work pretty much. Uh, was it 38 out of like 40 weeks a year? Yeah. So, um, but the difference is, of course, obviously, for the most part, most of these IndyCar teams are not staffed the same way that the NASCAR guys are. Um, the, the infrastructure is not as sturdy mm-hmm. as the NASCAR guys are. Um, so, yeah, I mean, these guys are gassed. Um, you know, I've got a lot of friends over on the, the IndyCar paddock side, uh, on, on the team side, and and those guys right now, they are looking forward to Father's Day weekend because it's their first real break in about, you know, two, two and a half months. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't even look at the the racing these guys are working really hard to get ready for the Indy 500, and, yeah. and it's just a very strenuous part of the schedule. Matt Weaver joining us from Auto Week. Uh, last kind of IndyCar thought here, you know, coming out of this stretch and all the points that these guys could have earned over the last four races. It is New Garden and Rossi here uh, at the top of the standings, and, and they're not the only two in the race right now, but it shapes up, even if it was just coming down to the two of them, it's going to be an exciting championship battle here in the second half of the season uh, with these two guys, and obviously there's you know a couple other drivers still on the hunt, you know, Will Power and Ryan hunter Ray. but I, I wouldn't mind seeing Rossi and New Garden decide the championship this year. Yeah, same. I, I wouldn't either, but... I'll say this, I think that we're probably getting really, really close to the point where this is probably Joseph Newgarden's championship to lose. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think most people would agree that Alexander Rossi, if not the most exciting driver in the sport, might be pound for pound the most talented. Uh, but Team Penske is just a little bit stronger right now than, than Andretti Autosport. Um, I think overall the, the Chevy package is a little bit more a little bit better than the, the Honda package. And I, I think that it's going to probably take a, a screw-up happening by the two-team to allow the 27 to to really take the championship battle to, to New Garden and Penske. You were uh, there for the truck race there in Texas, too, on Friday night. And just give me your thoughts on uh, Greg Biffle, I guess, coming out of retirement to drive for Kyle Busch Motorsports on Friday and get the truck series win. How crazy was that, right? Yeah. I mean, all of it. Let's forget for a second the winner and how memorable that was. Listen, that was not a good race. It was not a. Uh, it was not a traditional barn burner, but it was. It was wild. It was a tornado of a race. <laughs> I mean, guys were crashing every eight to ten laps. Uh, the restarts, as always in the truck series, were were hectic and crazy. And you've got a lot of young drivers who who were making mistakes that allowed. You know, two veterans and Greg Biffle and, and Matt Crafton to to race for the win there at the end. It was it was interesting to me because Greg Biffle's last couple of starts in the Truck Series was the beginning of Matt Crafton's full time career mm. in the Truck Series. And if you go back and look at the some of the paint schemes and you look at some of the races from that 2001 season, there was Matt Crafton driving the Thor Sport number 88. It's just <laughs> remarkable how 
how little some things change in the sport. But good for Greg Biffle, man. I mean, this is a guy that has been laid off now for two and a half years, got the call from Kyle Busch to give one of his friends a ride in a NASCAR national touring series. And right now, um, you know, he looks just like he did when he left. And this is a, a guy with a lot of talent, um, one of the smartest guys in the sport. And it was just good to have him back in the garage more than anything else. So, so good for him. And it was funny because the win came on the heels, of course, uh, Greg driving for Kyle Busch Motorsports. Kyle, you know, throwing some shade at his his current stable of young drivers in Todd Gillen and Harrison Burton that they haven't, uh, you know, lived up to maybe his expectations this year. But then he goes out and wins. You know, Kyle's tweeting, you know, that he looks like a genius for putting Greg in the truck. And it, I don't know, throws maybe a little more drama there in the KBM camp. Yeah, a lot more drama, Um, you know. Todd Gilland and and Harrison Burton are eighth and ninth in the championship standing, so they are both barely hanging on to a playoff spot. One of them, one of them's out, mm-hmm. uh, and now Ross Chastain has decided he's going to chase the Truck Series championship if he wins. There's a serious scenario that both KBM drivers miss the playoffs, yeah. and meanwhile, Kyle Busch has five starts that he's allowed to make by NASCAR. He wins them all. <laughs> um, he hires his buddy. Greg Biffle to come in for a one-off and he wins in his first race in two and a half years and so that does say a lot about about Todd and Harrison Um, but I'll say this both of these guys are super talented Mm -hmm. and I know the NASCAR community hasn't seen it yet I've been following both of these guys in their late model career Mm -hmm. I saw them do battle in the K&N series they are mega talented but I think the difference right now is one not every driver is the same. Not every driver is going to be as quick as Byron and Bell and, and Jones were to acclimate to the truck series. And also, the other point I would make is the difference that Kyle and Greg had is they had Rudy Fugel calling the shots. And mm-hmm. that is a significant difference. Yeah, there was some uh, crew chief shuffling this week with the other uh, KBM trucks. Uh, Matt, last thing before we let you go, uh, you weren't far from us last weekend. You were up at the Jucasa Motor Speedway in Nels Corners, Ontario, uh, kind of near Hamilton, and uh, checking out the Pinty Series. Uh, they had a little rain to deal with uh, last Saturday, but they got the show in last Sunday. But, uh, you know, that that has become a, a phenomenal track up there at Jucasa. They've got a big late model race once again, Labor Day weekend. Uh, just your thoughts on your trip up, up north last weekend, or west west as we say here in buffalo because it is to the west of us yeah. not north <laughs> yeah it, it really blows my girlfriend's mind sometimes i'm like uh let's let's go back north to the united states uh, <laughs> she, she's a little geographically challenged when it comes to you know, southern ontario um i love that racetrack i love that series um you know i, I, w- I would give a plug to all of the listeners the NASCAR Pinty series is now available every single race on fanschoice.tv. This is a fun series. It is all short tracks, road, and street courses. The cars are basically 1990s Cup Series equivalents. This is a fun tour with veteran drivers, and I was on vacation <laughs> in, in true racer form. My vacation includes going to go find a racetrack, and I love seeing you know the people who run that series, who race in that series. It is mega exciting, and if you get a chance, tune in um, because their season just started. That was race two of the season, and so Canada, you know, you got to start late and finish early, and mm. uh, they're just getting heated up. Yeah, they'll be. Uh... 
uh, racing with the IndyCar Series in Toronto a couple of week a weekend or excuse me a couple uh, next month I should say uh, they're part of the the bill up there in Toronto with uh, one of their street course races. Uh, do you have plans to to go up for the big late model race there Labor Day weekend or what's on your schedule that part of the year? Oh, I am. Um, I, I'm doing my usual where you know I, I do a ton of NASCAR. Mm. I've added IndyCar this year, so that's going to allow me to go cover Toronto for for both of those series. Uh, and I'm not missing the the Canadian short track nationals for anything. Um, <laughs> uh, the guys who run that track are really committed to making that a showcase for for pro late models, and you know they're going to raise their purse all the way to a million dollars in in two years. Every year it's going to increase incrementally. And if you look at the entry list right now, it's already at a snowball derby level, and it's only going to rise as we get closer to September. So. Yeah, I'm pumped. That is going to be a great, great show, um, especially if you wait a couple of years and wait for that track service to age. Yeah. You know, it's still freshly paved, so the racing is probably not what it used to be. Uh, but we're getting there, and, and that place is going to get really exciting, really star-studded, and it's quickly turned into one of my favorite races of the year. Well, if you want to make an extra trip to Jucasa this year, you know, you're going to be in, if you're going to Toronto for the IndyCar race that same weekend, Race of Champions Modifieds, Isma Super, uh, Isma Super Modifieds, uh, we're running that Saturday night. So if you need another excuse to go back to Jucasa, I got it for you right there. Oh, don't, don't entice me with another race because you're going to make me actually do it. It's hard to say no to races. <laughs> and it's a great doubleheader, Modifieds and Super Modifieds. It was a great show last year, and it, it should be a good show this year. Uh, Matt Weaver from Auto Week and Short Track C. Matt, uh, you do a phenomenal job covering any form of motorsports. Uh, appreciate your time this morning. Good talking to you, bud. All Catch right. up with you soon. Yep, you bet. Matt Weaver from Auto Week and Short Track C. Appreciate him joining us and uh, – uh, give him a, a follow on Twitter as well too. At Matt Weaver AW is where you can follow him on Twitter. Uh, wherever he goes, chasing the motorsports world. We get back. We'll uh, keep it closer to home. Rich Vleck from Genesee Speedway is going to join us up next when we get back with more fast track here on WGR. Hey, this is Joey Logano, driver of the number twenty-two Shell Penzo Ford, and you're listening to WGR Sports Radio five fifty. And he is your poll sitter today at Michigan. Firekeepers Casino 400, which will be right here on WGR. Again, previous coverage coming up at 1 o'clock today, courtesy of the Motor Racing Network. Green flag at 2 this afternoon. Uh, threat of rain in the Mich- greater uh, Irish Hills and Michigan area. And uh, they'll see if they can get it in today with uh, Logano and Almarola on the front row. Harvick, Hamlin, Boyer, Menard, Bush, Breg- or Kurt Bush, Kozlowski, Suarez, Stenhouse, your top 10 starters today. At Michigan, as uh, we uh, get into the second half of the regular season for uh, the NASCAR Cup Series and uh, see if we can get some different faces in victory lane. Only six drivers have won races so far this year, including Kyle Busch, who picked up win number four last week at Pocono. And uh, that gives him 55 career wins. That ties him with Rusty Wallace for ninth all-time. He is now into the top ten of all-time Cup wins. Uh, Yes, we know he's got, what, 206 wins in all three National Series combined. But you look at the Cup wins and it's you know he's up there in hall of fame territory uh probably a best uh, safe bet to say he'll be a hall of famer when he retires with a championship and that many wins to his credit uh but now he reaches kind of like a plateau plateau in the all-time win list he you know there's a lot of guys group from 55 uh back to about 30 you know you got he's he's passed by guys like lee petty uh ned jarrett jr johnson tony stewart uh Har- Kevin Harvick, Bill Elliott, Mark Martin. He's passed all these guys with this last 15 wins or so. You know, Mark Martin's got 40 career cup wins. But now, to maybe move into that 
great territory tier of greatness, let's call it. Next ahead of him is Dale Earnhardt Sr., but there is a he'll have a ways to get there. He needs 21 wins to catch Dale Earnhardt's uh, career mark in the Cup Series. Uh, as Dale Sr. had 76, so Kyle needs 21 to tie and 22 to surpass the Intimidator. Then after that, it's Kel Yarbrough and Jimmy Johnson who are tied with 83. Although of course Jimmy could you know maybe win a couple more before he's done. We'll see. And then you got uh, Daryl Waltrip and Bobby Ellison with 84. So we'll get so that won't take long after Earnhardt, but we'll see how many. How many years it could take Kyle to win 21 races? He's got four this year. Um, you know, he has had he's won every season uh, since uh, 2004. His, every year he's been full time in the Cup Series, he's won so 15 years uh, straight wins in the Cup Series. I think only five other drivers have done that. Uh, but you know, if say he wins, I don't know, three or four more this year, so that gets him to what 58, 59. And then, so he need about, I don't know, sixteen. So he need about sixteen more to to catch Earnhardt. So four wins a year in four years. So maybe you know by twenty twenty four, twenty twenty five, he could uh, catch Earnhardt, or he could go off and have you know an eight, nine, ten win season here in a couple of years and make that even shorter. We'll see. But uh, it's an interesting po- uh, point now in Kyle Busch's uh, career in the Cup Series. Let's go though to the Western Hotline right now and bring in from the Genesee Speedway. Uh, veteran race announcer Rich Vleck joins us on the line. Rich, good morning, my friend. Great to talk to you again. Dave, how are you doing? Good to talk to you. Uh, yeah, doing great here. And uh, you know what? Unlike maybe some other area facilities, it's been a busy season already over there at Genesee Speedway. Yeah, you're right. Five races already in the books. Uh, we only lost one to Mother Nature in our regular season show. So, um, yeah, we're already kind of hitting that midseason stride. Uh, lots of, uh, of different uh, winners already this season and with the crate late models and the sportsmen. What, who are some of the uh, early season standouts there over at Genesee Speedway? Yeah, you're right. There's been a lot of diversification with the winners between those uh, two premier divisions. In Batavia, we've only had one repeat winner in Jeremy Wonderling, who's done that just about everywhere, as you were aware, <laughs> on Friday night at Ransomville. Yep. But, uh, you know, last night we had a, we had a pretty cool night. Um, as Doug Ricotta went back to victory lane, his first win uh, in a feature event at Genesee since our first two crate late model events that we ever held back in 2016. So it's been over three years since that driver went to victory lane, but led wire wire last night. That was a, a pretty emotional event. And uh, he and uh, defending champion J.J. Mazur right there in the top for the points battle of the late model division, the sportsman have had, uh, we've had four races for the sportsmen and had four different winners so far. Uh, the three-time track champion, Kyle Inman, leads those points. He has one win. But last night, Josh Wilcox went to victory lane, his first Genesee victory. And we've had some other drivers in Cam Tuttle mm-hmm. and Cody Wolf pick up their first wins ever at Genesee this season as well. So, you know, very deep fields with a lot of different drivers that can go to victory lane. Yeah, that's how I like to see it. Is guy you know different winners every week. That's always the best. It's 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 great to see a guy dominate a class for a year because it shows just how talented or how good their equipment is. But it's obviously a lot more fun when different guys are winning, and uh, you have a good championship battle. And sometimes you you don't get that. Uh, depending on what track you're at or, or what class of cars. But uh, off to a very competitive start there at the Genesee Speedway. Again, lots of different winners. But uh, you got a big show coming up on Thursday night, kind of the first big midweek show of the summer here in Western New York, at least. Tell us uh, about what's coming up Thursday night there in Batavia. 
Yeah, absolutely. We're really looking forward to it. Um, the Gladiator, as it's known as, is our only appearance of the year for Modified, Big Block, Small Block Modified Challenge. Um, and it was an event uh, kind of conceived by one of the Modified racers himself. And uh, Phil McNary, he, um, you know, he used to be a sports regular, but has moved on to Modified ranks and is from Elba, nearby the Genesee Speedway. So, uh, Graptile Graphics, the professional drainage systems, have stepped up to make it a $2,000-to-win modified show, which really brings drivers from just about anywhere in. Uh, the only f- modified race going, like you said, it's an early-season midweek show, so really nobody else is running uh, modified on Thursday night, and it gives you an opportunity to see a whole host of drivers, those from the Ransomville area, Merrittville, uh, Freedom Raceway, Canadagua, uh, you name it, uh, drivers coming up from Woodhall and so uh, last year we saw Ryan Susie go to Victory Lane, but that race had to be held on a Saturday in October mm-hmm. because Mother Nature interfered <laughs> with her. All right, we are losing uh, contact with Rich. Maybe Mike, uh, see, oh, Rich, you there? All right, Mike, see, if we, yeah, we got, we got you. You're kind of cutting out on us there. Sorry. Okay. The last, th- last uh, thing we sure where I left off. Uh, last thing we heard from you, you were saying how last year's race got pushed back to October because of Mother Nature. Right, and uh, Ryan Susie was able to pick up that. All right, Mike. See if you can uh, talk to Rich. Maybe you can get him on a landline or, or just reestablish connection there. We'll bring back uh, Rich in here uh, in just a minute. But yeah, they've got. Uh, Thursday night there at the Genesee Speedway, uh, the Gladiator, and I believe, and I'm trying to scramble to find it, but I believe that race is also going to be a qualifier. Uh, winner of that race can be a guarantee starter for a race later this year at the Ransomville Speedway. I believe it's the BRP race, King of the Hill weekend, but I, I'm trying to scramble to find it here as we're talking to Rich, and uh, hopefully we'll get him back here um, here in just a second. But that's Thursday night uh, at the Genesee Speedway uh, in Batavia, and... Uh, We'll just kind of hit the the rest of the results there from Genesee on uh, Saturday, uh, as uh, Rich was talking about last night, and they had Doug Ricotta pick up the win in the late model, crate late models, as he said. Josh Wilcox in the Sportsman, Josh Grazio got the win in the Street Stocks, Brandon Shepard in the Mini Stocks, and Randy Gregory got the win in the Bandits last night. There, Rich, have we got you back once again? Yeah, sorry about that. Hopefully, it's working a little bit better for you. Um, but going on about the Gladiator race that we have this Thursday. Um, We've got a whole bunch of names that have committed to run that show. Um, it's, it's a modified race that kind of puts everybody on equal ground, and it's a whole open-wheel show. Uh, this Thursday we're also going to have the Grit Sportsman Tour coming in for a 1,200-to-win event, so modified sports and street stocks, mini stocks, and just a bandit feature kicking off this Thursday at 7 o'clock. Actually, yeah, it sounds like uh, it's going to be a great show, and that grit sportsman race, I'm sure, will have a good uh, turnout of cars as well as uh, lots of sportsman teams, obviously, in our neck of the woods. Uh, what else you got coming up? Uh, some bigger shows later this season at Genesee Speedway. Yeah, the other midweek show that we're looking forward to uh, in just a few weeks is going to be on the 4th of July, actually. Um, that's going to be our only other midweek show of the season. It'll be a, uh, a race that'll set some qualifiers for our topless crate nationals, which I'll talk about in just a moment. And that'll feature uh, bonus paying races for the sportsmen, the crate late models, street stocks, um, and the mini stocks. That'll be, uh, like you said, on, on the 4th of July. We're going to have appearances by the ULMS super late models in August. Um, we also have two fair races. Normally we run on Thursday night of the fair, yeah. but the fair is going to extend into two weekends this year. 
So that'll be uh, two big shows coming up on the Saturday portion. And as I said, the Topless Crate Nationals will be coming up um, in September, two weeks after Labor Day. We're going to be running Saturday and Sunday afternoon events, and those will be using all of our divisions that we weekly run, plus the wingless sprints coming up from western Pennsylvania. And uh, if anybody's been to the Topless Crate Nationals, you know, we've got close to 150 race cars, and they're all running with the tops taking off the cars. Dave, I know you've seen those shows before. And when you do it for, with big money on the line, it's pretty wild. Yeah, it's it's interesting to see cars that you normally don't see with roofs, especially uh, the the open wheel sportsmen uh, do that with uh, no roofs is definitely quite a sight. And uh, the wingless uh, sprint cars, they're kind of making a swing here west through Western New York that weekend, Saturday uh, or Friday night, excuse me, at Ranceville, and then they'll be at, at Genesee on a Saturday night. Uh, Rich, uh, w- just assuming here, but I, I bet you're going to be up at the Weed Sports Speedway tonight. That's right. Going to be heading down. Uh, through way in just a little bit. Of course, the uh, All-Star Sprints and the Big Block Modifies, that's quite a combination that'll be down there at the port. They've got a few big weeks coming up here next week. The USAC Sprints are going to be there. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to my Sunday night home as well. Is uh, Stewart running tonight at Wheatsport, or who's some of the big names that are, are running with the All-Star Sprints tonight? Yeah, Tony Stewart should be back. He was there last year as well when the All-Stars visited. Barry Nixon out of Texas is their points leader. Dale Blaney got the win last night down at State Line, so he should be up in attendance, I believe. Uh, Dave Blaney should be racing as well. Danny Dietrich just made the announcement that he's going to be coming up from Central Pennsylvania. He is the Williams Grove points leader. He'll be in attendance along with Lucas Wolf, who always comes in and runs all the Central New York events. Add to it guys like Larry White and some of the other locals that will be throwing their name in the mix. Should be a lot of fun. Very exciting show tonight there at the Weedsport Speedway. And uh, is that a uh, is that going to be a Mav TV production or something coming up later on? No, that is actually one that's going to be on SpeedShift TV live. This is not a Mav TV race. Okay. Uh, although we will be going with a uh, live webcast for free, I believe it'll be on the Weedsport Speedway YouTube page at about five ten today. So if you're not able to make it out to the event, we're going to have some, uh, a live pre-race show. Um, for free to kind of get you warmed up for the event, some interviews before the race, and also some uh, kind of kind of get the feel of what Weed Sports got going on for 2019. Very good. Uh, lastly, uh, are you are, is your TV production? Are you doing anything on your own still this year? Or are you just working with the folks there at uh, Thomas Productions over at Weed Sport? Yeah, right now the uh, Speedway Showcase programs are on a year hiatus. Uh, we may be doing something as the year goes along, but uh, at this point. You know, I think there's some very good things happening with Weedsport Productions. They're building up their off-chat TV show. And quite frankly, I'm, I'm more excited to get involved in some of those and not take the lead <laughs> on uh, some of the things going on with, I guess you could call it my TV broadcast. Sure. And uh, I think that's okay. Yeah, let Matt and Mal Carey all, do all the hard work. You just, you just be the face on camera. That's the beauty of it. When I go to Weedsport, I kind of wipe my hands clean at the end of the night, and that's it. Uh, sometimes that's not too bad. <laughs> well, uh, have a great show tonight. Say hi to Shane Andrews for me, and uh, thanks for uh, coming on this morning. Have a great show this Thursday night over there at Genesee Speedway. Dave, I appreciate it. Sorry about cutting out on you guys. And, uh, you know, like I said, we'll uh, hope to see everybody Thursday. All good. No worries, my friend. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Rich Fleck, Genesee Speedway again this Thursday night, 7 o'clock. Uh, special with the $2,000 to win Gladiator Modified Race and uh, Grit Sportsman Series 
uh, over there at the Genesee County Fairgrounds in Batavia. And tonight, Weedsport, the all-star circuit of sprints. Uh, Tony Stewart will be in action. Uh, Dave Blaney, who picked up a win recently for them, uh, will be in action. The former cup driver and father of Ryan Blaney. Uh, That's going on at Weedsport tonight, uh, just down the thruway. We get back more local racing as we'll hit the local racing roundup. And uh, we'll squeeze in your phone calls, too, at 803-0551-888-552-550 as we wrap up Fast Track here on WGR. Let's find out who visited Victory Lane this weekend. It's time for the local racing roundup on WGR's Fast Track. We'll start Friday night, Lancaster Dragway at New York International Raceway Park. Thomas Fletcher, uh, son of uh, legendary drag racer Dan Fletcher, picked up the win in top ET. Pete Maduri, who we've had on the show here in the past, won in top eight. Ryan Rickettson beat his brother, twin brother, Reed Rickettson in mod ET. Lucas Salemi, second win in a row in bikes and sleds. And Cody Winkowski got the win for the second week in a row in Street ET. Ranceville Speedway Friday night. Eric Rudolph, two for two in the Modifieds, uh, holding off Ryan Susie and Matt Williamson for the win. Uh, crazy crate late model feature. Lots of cautions, but lots of great action, too, with Jeremy Wonderling uh, bouncing back from losing the lead to Paul Grigsby, almost spinning out, falling back to sixth place, came back and got Grigsby for the win. Uh, what a, a crazy, phenomenal race that was, though. Very entertaining. Street Stocks went to Pete Stefanski. Uh Butch Zimmerman got the win in the uh, Novice Sportsman, and uh, Dante Mancuso got the win in the Mini Stocks there Friday night at Ranceville. Freedom Raceway, uh, Freedom Motorsports Park in Delavan Friday night. Bryce Davis got the super late model win over Dutch Davies and Dave Dubois. Kyle Inman won the BEI Lightning Sportsman Series race over Brad Rouse and James Michael Friesen. Kurt Stebbins in the Street Stocks, Tyler Oaks in the Mini Stocks, and Dustin Skinner in the Bandits there Friday night at... Uh, at Freedom Raceway. Uh, we already talked about Genesee Speedway with Rich Vleck. Merrittville Speedway last night. It was Matt Williamson getting the win in the 358 Modifieds. Brad Rouse in the Sportsman over Brent Bigelow and Jay Mallory. Rob Murray in the Hoosier Stocks. Tony Kelly in the Four Cylinders. Josh Slater in the Mod Lights. And John Couture got the win in the Six Cylinders there at uh, Merrittville Speedway last night. And as uh, Rich Vleck alluded to, the All-Star Circus Sprints was at State Line Speedway in Busti last night. Uh, Dale Blaney, excuse me, got the win uh, over Aaron Reutzel. Tony Stewart finished third. Spencer Braston, Brock Zierfus, the top five there uh, down at the State Line Speedway. Unfortunately, don't have the rest of the uh, winners there uh, last night at the uh, State Line Speedway uh, down in Busta. I couldn't find any updates through their social media or website. And uh, tonight you got, as we said, uh, uh, Weed Sports Speedway with uh, the All-Star Circuit of Sprints moving over there. Uh, Humberstone Speedway tonight's got a full show, including twin uh, sportsman uh, features, uh, the one that got rained out back in opening night, the night I was there. Uh, so they got double uh, sportsman features uh, over there at the uh, Humberstone Speedway up in Port Colborne. Uh, Wyoming, I forgot to mention Wyoming County Speedway and trying to see who the winners are. Greg Molt got a four-cylinder win there. And then uh, Max Northam got a super stock win and uh, didn't see who the SST modified feature winners were. So I apologize. I uh, don't have the full results um, from the Wyoming County Speedway last night there in Perry, New York, but they did get the show in. Uh, they had a very busy night, lots of double features because of a rainout uh, there last night. Coming up this weekend, huge show, Saturday night, Lake Erie Speedway. Uh, one of the best shows of the year, Race of Champions Modified, plus the must-see racing sprints. And I'm not just calling them must-see. That's the name of the series. Uh, but a quite the doubleheader at Lake Erie with the Modifieds and sprint cars on pavement. Tons of fun. I've seen uh, 
pavement sprint cars there at Lake Erie a, a long time ago, and they put on a great show, and I'm, I'm sure they will last uh, tomorrow, or tomorrow, next Saturday at Lake Erie. Uh, so they've got some great ticket deals going on right now there at the Lake Erie Speedway, so check out their website, lakeeriespeedway.com, for more information. But uh, next Saturday night, uh, always a great racing action down there at uh, Lake Erie, in North e- the town of Northeast PA, just outside of Erie. Uh, but that should be a huge show next Saturday. And again, Thursday night, Genesee Speedway with a big race as well, too. So get your racing weekend started early. And uh, this is when it starts to get fun around here. Lots of big races, midweek specials. You know, we've got uh, midweek specials coming up around 4th of July weekend uh, throughout the region. So uh, this is the best time of year for local racing when things start to heat up, both figuratively and literally. Hopefully the temperature going to heat up. Nice day today, though. So uh, if you're going outside, we'll have the race here on WGR again, coming up at 1 o'clock with pre-race coverage from MRN and then Green Flag, hopefully at 2 o'clock. And it's hopefully they get it in today at Michigan because apparently the contingency plan is they're going to run tomorrow if it rains out today at Michigan, but they're not going to start the race until 5 o'clock apparently because of uh, World Cup, uh, the Women's World Cup on Fox Sports 1. One is would force uh, NASCAR not to start the race till five o'clock tomorrow, which I guess is a good thing if you got to work, but that's a pain in the butt for anybody that is going there in person or all the people that work with the teams. They got to spend all day there tomorrow and not race until five o'clock tomorrow if it rains out. So that's a, a crazy scenario. Hopefully they get it in today there in the Irish Hills of Michigan. Thanks for listening. We'll be back with more next week with more Fast Track here on WGR. Okay. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.